For many of us, Memorial Day marks the unofficial start of summer, and we are so ready for it. In today's final episode of season one, we'll discuss some of our favorite summer reads for all ages, and we'll also take a look back at all things education from way back in November 2022, when it was just a thought, all the way up until now. Welcome to All Things Education with me, Mr. Z. And me, Miss V. We are teachers, and we are going to help you explore the world of education. The sweet, the tough, and the outrageous. And let me tell you, we've seen it all. Using our experience, research, and an occasional guest expert, we'll present fresh perspectives on all things education. Wink. (laughs) I see what you did there. Each episode will be informative and entertaining, and no topic is off limits. It is Memorial Day, so we want to start by honoring the memory of all those who have served our country and by thanking all current service women and men. We appreciate all that you do. And if you're a student or a teacher, depending upon your school district, you might have just gotten out for a summer break, or maybe you have a week or two left. So congratulations! You've made it through another school year, and you absolutely deserve the next few months to relax, reset, and recharge. Yeah, and if you are not a student or a teacher, we still offer congratulations to you, too, on just making it to the summer. Yes. You also deserve these next few months, even if you don't get a summer break, to enjoy and rest. And what better way to do that than with a good book? In my opinion, there is nothing better than a good book on a warm summer day. And Scott, I feel like you agree with me. Um, we're mm-hmm. both pretty avid readers. And in fact, I just finished a book that you lent me called The Plot. And aren't you currently in a book club? Yeah, actually, um, I just got our most recent book. And mm-hmm. it's, we're going to be reading a book called Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. Ooh. Yeah, we're um, trying to pick authors with different cultural backgrounds just to, you know, keep things exciting and a little bit different and learn about other cultures, right? But I think some of my favorite summer reads of the past, I'll just Mm. share some of my favorites here. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, I like to go between like nonfiction, memoirs, fiction. So um, one of my favorites recently was a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm. And what that does is it helps you um, showcase and realize how you can bring creativity creativity back into your life. So it's actually pretty interesting. And it talks about different stories and how ideas get passed from one to another. And maybe an idea is not right for you, but somebody else picks it up. It's really kind of fascinating. It makes you think about creativity in a whole different way. Okay. I also have to say, uh, one of my favorite books, and I've quoted this many times to lots of friends, people at work, is The Ride of a Lifetime, the memoir by Robert Iger who was the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Yes, it always comes back to Disney. I'll say it before (laughs) you do. But I will say, I think our close friend Hannah also read that book and was very inspired and um, thought it was just a great, a great read. Yeah, it it was a really quick read uh, just because you were so into it. And the advice in it um, is things that I take forward to meetings that I enter into on a daily basis. So I highly recommend that book. And then, you know, for fun, you know, going back to the first episode where we shared our housewives taglines, (laughs) um, you know, not all diamonds and rosé by 
Dave Quinn, which really sort of recaps how the uh, Real Housewives franchise got started and how the casting and the seasons have been going on. So I haven't read that one, but I will say I learned so much about just Bravo and the Housewives franchise in general from the tidbits that you shared with me. So I think I'm going to put that on my summer. I mean, even if you don't watch the shows, it's really fascinating to see how they get cast and why one becomes a friend or gets fired and you know behind the scenes drama with their kids and you know do the kids get paid and what does that look like yeah Yeah, fascinating just a nice beach read you know i love that sometimes you need that so did you have a favorite book that you remember reading over the summer um like maybe when you were growing up Mm. what did you like to read yeah so I love to read and I definitely attribute that. My parents are avid readers and so are my siblings. So we really were a reading household. We went to the library often, which felt like a ton of fun growing up too. So parents definitely consider taking uh, your family to the library this summer. But yeah, growing up, my mom and I used to love reading this series called Betsy Tacey together uh, during the summers. It was like historical fiction about a young girl at the turn of the century and her adventures growing up with her best friend. And it's kind of fun. I still have all the books and I reread them from time to time, but it really kind of instilled that love for reading in me. And I really couldn't wait to read the next chapter with my mom. I don't think my sister was as into them, but um, she had her own style of books. And I'm not really sure if the Betsy Tasty series would be appealing to kids these days, but you never know. Well, is it like a classic series? I've never heard of it before, but I'm when you said it, I was thinking of like how so many kids used to read old school Nancy Drew and Hardy mm-hmm. Boys books. I know they've had a revamp, but like the old sure. classics, uh, those mysteries were always like a good go to. Yeah, yeah. I learned like boxcar children. Those were always fun. But no, I wouldn't say that they were... I don't know. I don't know how many other people really read the Betsy Tacey series. Mm. My mom and I just kind of stumbled upon it. Um, but there's actually a real historical society and a house that you can visit that is based off wow. of, yeah, since it's historical fiction and kind of more autobiographical fiction. So anyway, nice. pretty cool Well, it stuff. also seems like a really great way to, you know, bond and engage with your mom. Totally. You know, have some fun over the summer together. Definitely. Um, But you do bring up a good point about why it's important for students, especially to keep reading over the summer. Yeah. You may might have heard of that thing called the summer slide or the summer slip, Mm -hmm. which is that phenomenon that relates to the loss of knowledge that students experience over the summer months, June, July, and August when they no longer are in a traditional classroom setting. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how they seem to forget some of these important (laughs) things that we as teachers teach them. Um, But now the summer slide isn't universal and it isn't inevitable. There are really easy and fun ways to avoid it. And reading is probably the simplest and most effective way. I totally agree. And yeah, students, parents, teachers, don't panic because the summer slide doesn't happen to everyone and it's not super severe. But if you're a teacher, you know, typically that first month is spent almost reviewing what students would have learned the previous year in their uh, prior grade level. But a great way to kind of help boost those summer academic skills in a really easy way is with reading. And so... There are honestly so many great authors, topics, genres, all of that out there. That So many. I believe there's a book for everybody, no matter your interest, no matter your grade level, no matter your ability level. 
And actually, a few months ago, uh, Scott, you and I went to the Chicago Public mm-hmm. Library's Best of the Best Conference, which for our listeners, it was a day-long conference uh, down at Harold Washington Library that highlighted what the library committee designated were the best of the best books for the year 2022. And their categories ran from board books to picture books to fiction and nonfiction for young and old readers to graphic novels and even manga for teens. Am I saying that right? Manga or manga? Manga. I think so. Yeah. I think so too. It's not really a genre I've gotten into much. So I need to explore it a little bit more, but I know a lot of our teens are really into manga. Um, But honestly, there were so many amazing books and the majority of them featured diverse main characters and had plots that were focused on diverse cultural traditions written by authors who themselves are members of that culture. So really, really important and great representation for everybody in, in our city of Chicago and around the world, really. Yeah, and that's what, what I was most impressed with by the list was the diversity of it. Mm-hmm. Not just uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds, but whether it's um, you know LGBTQIA, socioeconomic, they really covered all different um, uh, diversity and genres. So um, I think it's a great list to explore. And I'm sure we can find it online as well, or we could also share it. Yeah, um, definitely. But we don't have time to go through all the books because there are a ton. But you can look up the complete list on the Chicago Lib- Public Library's website, like I just said, yeah. Um, and we can probably provide a link to that in our Instagram. Totally. And if you're not following us, get on it. (laughs) All right. Um, Just a little plug there. And they actually have a list for adult fiction and nonfiction too. So even if you're not a student, you should definitely check it out. But some titles that Katie and I were especially fond of are um, Sometimes I Grumble Squinch, John's Turn, and Gibberish. Those were all really great picture books. Absolutely. And then for the informational book category for the young readers, Pink, Blue, and You, Questions for Kids About Gender and Stereotypes was a really great one. And then Where Butterflies Filled the Sky, A Story of Immigration, Family, and Finding Home. For the fiction for older readers category, one of our absolute favorites was Tumble by Celia Perez, who, fun fact, we actually got to meet during the conference and hear all about her writing process, her creative inspiration for her novels, and we actually got a signed copy of Tumble. Yeah, and she's a native author or to Chicago, yep, which is pretty cool as well. Chicagoan. And so let's move on to the teens. Really, I mean... Any of the books, all of them could really entice a teen reader. Um, And if you're into manga, definitely check out the list and the suggestions on the Chicago Public Library website. Totally. You know, we want to stress that whether or not you take our suggestions, check out the library's best of best list or just do your own perusing. It doesn't matter. Just read this summer. You'll be happy you did. All right. Shifting gears a little bit from summer reading. We now want to do a walk down memory lane and look at the journey that has been season one of all things education. I really can't believe it's our final episode of season one. I know. I can't believe 10 episodes flew by and we've had so much fun. We have. So Scott first pitched the idea of a podcast to me back in the fall of 2022. And I kind of noncommittally was like, yeah, it could be fun. We'd probably have lots to talk about. But I didn't quite think we'd actually sit down and do it. And then he brought it up again, 
persistent one he is. Uh, he yes. brought it up again right before the winter break. And that's when I realized that, first of all, you were serious. Um, and that, you know what, whatever, there's no time like the present. So we might as well do it. And I just want to give you a major shout out right now, Scott, because honestly, listeners, Scott was the one that did all the research about. Oh, please. He was. You were about what equipment we needed. Um, how to use GarageBand. What was a host and how do we use it? I mean, literally everything. And truly, when you put your mind to something, you go 100% all in. And I mean, that's really what made this idea of a podcast into a reality for us. Well, I mean, don't sell yourself short here. <laughs> I mean, we did a lot of work when I first brought up it back in the fall and we sort of like talked about it, dabbled with the idea, kind of joked about it mm -hmm. like, oh, us on a podcast, who would listen, <laughs> right? Um, and then when we brought it back up again, I think uh, in the winter break time, we really sat down and we made a list of like, what can we talk about? Do we have enough content to talk about? Sure, yeah. What makes us qualified to have a podcast? And we really uh, wrote it all down and put like a whole sort of, for lack of a better word, a business plan in place on could we make this really happen? We did. You know? Yeah. So um, it took two of us to get here. Mm. But we recorded our first episode on one mic back in <laughs> January 25th, to be exact. And it took us a approximately 10 hours to edit <laughs> or at least it felt like that I oh my know. god the stress of editing on garage band i almost had a few like major breakdowns when i accidentally deleted something or like cut it too far back i mean if you know uh katie here you know she gets very um Flustered. stressed very easily and she turns bright red um when well, i also don't work with mac like i have adele from uh, mm -hmm. i don't know the mid 2000s that's still I use all the time. So the Mac, just the mouse and clicking, it was a whole I thing. I mean, it can but. be temperamental. My mom has the same issues. So <laughs> don't worry. Using that mouse. Um, she's like, I can't get things to move. See, Rita um, and I, I knew mm, it. <laughs> anyway, but we really learned so much since that first recording mm -hmm. about how to structure a podcast. Should it be scripted? Should it be more conversational or a mixture of both? And, you know, how close to the mic do we need to be? Or how do we need to get intro and outro music? And then, you know, um, one of my students in my yoga class is a podcast producer. And she was listening and she suggested, oh, you need some stingers. And I was like, great. What is a stinger? stinger. <laughs> but we also dabbled with what was the best length of an episode. And truly, every step along the way has been a lesson. And, you know, length of an episode was also something we did research on as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. We found that average podcasts range right around that 30 minute or less mark. And so we wanted to make sure that we were keeping it there. I know we were cognizant of people maybe listening on a commute um, and not wanting to be too long. Um, exactly. And rebel on. Yeah. And I mean, we had so many guests on the show, which that was also a learning curve, figuring out how to have guests who weren't here physically in mm -hmm. Chicago with us, but tuning in from afar, like Mr. Domovic and Lauren Lowe, and then um, Taylor Wizzawadi came on here in Chicago with us, and that was really fun to be yes. podcasting with somebody else in the room, because typically it's just... Scott and I here by ourselves. So that was really fun. 
Um, so, you know, we also spend a ton of time thinking about how to market the podcast and to who, um, when's the best time to post on social about new episodes dropping, all of those things. Yeah, it's really amazing to reflect back on how far we've come in this first season. And we really want to acknowledge that so much of what has kept us accountable and continuing on our journey has been knowing that our friends, our family, our former students, former colleagues, all of you have been listening. And Mm -hmm. we really appreciate it. So, so, so appreciate it. And that you took time to give us feedback and, you know, talk to us about the episodes. And we really took all of that into account. And so just for some statistics, for season one, we have had to date uh, 603 episode downloads of wow. all things education. So that feels pretty huge to us. I, I don't think know. that's pretty good for season one, I right? I think so too. I don't know how it compares to other podcasts, but that's okay. We don't need to compare to others because it's pretty amazing for us. And they downloaded from all different platforms, but the two most common were Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So pretty wow. amazing. I'm still at 603. I think that's awesome, really. And I know that even with everything we did learn, there's still so much more to learn, discover, and to perfect. Yep. Um, it's always going to be a work in progress. So we're going to take our summer break, just like all of you, and come Woo-hoo. back even better for season two in the fall. Maybe another launch party, maybe, Katie? Yes. Oh, please. You know another launch launch party and we're going to make this one even bigger and better yeah so thank you again for everything we have really loved this journey and the process and we're happy to announce a wrap on season Season one of of all All things Things education Education. thank you so much bye everyone thanks